Give me warp in the factor of five, six, seven, eight. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today, we're going to be talking about Star Trek Lower Decks, a few veggies more. Thank you for joining. And like always on the podcast today, we have my friends slash co-hosts slash Trekkies starting other than Kyle Jones. How are you doing today, man? You know what? I'm happy to be here. My video is lagging a bit, but hopefully my audio isn't lagging. But regardless, lag or not, glad to be here. And you know, I have to just take a stab at the Mac while I can. So we'll blame it on Mac problems. <laughs> well, but 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 let me add in, I'm in a legacy Mac 2017. So it's an it's a Kyle Mac problem, not a universal Mac. Got to, you know, take up for my Macs. You know, tech might be the topic of the day because, I mean, AI is going bad. AI is going good, maybe. Who knows? All I, would know, all I know is I would much rather have an Apple suite of software, not like, what was that um, thing that Microsoft Office had back in 98? What was it like, Clippy or something? Oh, man, you're dating yourself. Does anybody know what Clippy is anymore? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but who who has ever heard of anything like, you know, like a little annoying AI assistant? Just saying. Yes, yes, Badgie, Badgie is really holding the torch there. He's he's holding the torch for our Star Trek people. Also on the podcast, we have none other than Larry Irby. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How about you? Doing great. Yeah, we are here to talk about a few Badgies more. But first, we have some Star Trek news this week. Open a channel. Open a channel. Open a channel. Open a channel. Open a channel to all decks. Cal, you know the thing you love to say about Donna Noble in the library? I tried to apply that to Star Trek a little bit when I heard the, when I heard the news that Prodigy had been saved. Yes, yes. You know, when I read that, I felt that. I felt you channeling that. I was like, yes, <laughs> go Clarence. Well, I've heard enough that it's kind of ingrained in my soul at this point. But... Star Trek Prodigy has been saved. I don't know if it was a petition. I don't know what it was. Maybe this was the plan all along. Now, to me, I'll say that they could have better execution of it all. I don't feel like we really had the need to grow all, through all this brouhaha, through all of this fans revolting. <laughs> they could have just did this from the start. So we're still sad that it's leaving that is leaving Paramount Plus, but at least it is found a home. Do any of you guys have thoughts on Prodigy being saved? So, so really, if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're saying is Prodigy has left the Paramount library, has been added to <laughs> the library of Netflix, and Prodigy has been saved. True words, man. Love it. Love it. Love it. Larry, how do you feel about this, man? It's a little confusing because a lot of these, we, we talked about this a lot of these streaming companies, everybody wanted to run in and get their piece of the pie, right? So everybody whipped up their own streaming networks so they could have their own content. It's not really going the way everybody thought it was going to go. But I am thrilled that Prodigy is going to be, and I'm not as big of a Prodigy fan as some people, but I'm just glad that a great Star Trek show was saved, one that people really, really love. So... And I've, I'm subscribed to Netflix, so let's roll. You know, it's funny, uh, you know, Larry, you hit, you've really kind of hit on something because not just with Prodigy, but we've seen the Warner Brothers Discovery licensing things back out to um, 
you know, Netflix and other things. We've seen other things. Uh, AMC Plus is now, you can see a lot of their stuff on Max. So mm-hmm. a lot of this cross-pollination you're seeing again that a couple of years ago, you know, had completely gone, like you said, I've got one, you've got one, Clarence has got one, we've all got one. You know who's had the came out best in this deal? Sony. Because Sony was like, nah, we'll just license <laughs> our stuff out and let you take the responsibility of running the site and everything. And that's why Sony didn't get into the streaming war. Yeah, I mean, I, I love both of you guys' points. Everyone can't be the place to go for streaming. I think we just need three or four of them that house all the content, license your stuff out, and we'll be fine. Of course, we have Win Grace and Tasha in the chat. Win Grace makes a good point saying that Paramount Plus, the home for some things, Star Trek. So true. So true. And I've actually seen more Prodigy pop back up on the StarTrek.com site. So that's been cool. The other news that we got this week is we got the final, un- finally, we got the unveiling of the whole Star Trek X Kid Cuddy thing that they've been talking about. I actually loaded up the Fortnite experience, and it is an experience, not a game. You're just kind of running around through this created planet called uh, Vana Avara, if I'm saying it right. But it's not a game. You're just kind of going through this experience, and at the end of it, you get to see Kid Cuddy perform the Star Trek song. <laughs> um, a giant Kid Cuddy performing the Star Trek song at the very end. Uh, to me, it was a little bit overhyped, but uh, I watched a background video that kind of showed how Kid Cudi got into Star Trek from his father. It was a little bit touching. And, you know, I don't blame him for taking the Star Trek bucks, but <laughs> the song itself, uh, Tasha's talked about this as well. The song is okay. It's okay. There's like a two minute intro on the front of it, which if if you can get past the intro to the actual song itself, it's, it's decent, but... But yeah, I mean, I don't know about this old Kid Cudi X Star Trek thing. I th- again, good promotion for him. And actually, some of the clothes actually look decent. Uh, I was able to go on the shop.kidcuddy.com and look at some of the actual items they had on the store, which, you know, they, they're they fine. They're fine. And some of these sweaters, I mean, I'm, I'm not paying $150 for a Star Trek sweater. So $150? Yes. 150 bucks. If you were a true fan, you would pay it, Clarence. Well, you know. You pay it. Maybe if it was a Star Trek uniform, I would (laughs) definitely pay for it. But Uh, but no. (laughs) Listen, I spent the whole week dealing with the Swifties at the theater. Very sweet people. There is no length of money those people will not spend for that girl. So we got to do Star Trek. Star Trek poor. We got to give them some money. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. The Swifties, that's what they're calling them. Hmm. Oh, man, dude, that's so old. That's been out there. Mm. I am not in with the times, obviously. If I'm 55 and I know Clarence, you need to know this stuff. (laughs) I know the beehive. Does that count? This is the same thing. (laughs) Everybody got to have their own little name for the fans now. Oh, man. You know what would have been cool? Back in Prince's day, we'd have been called the royal court. I thought we'd be called the blouses. Nobody <laughs> get my Dave Chappelle joke there. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's go ahead and get into our review of Star Trek Lower Decks. A few badgies more. Three computerized villains return to cause problems for the USS Cerritos crew. The episode's written by Edgar Momplazer and directed by Bob Cerez. 
So for everyone listening or watching, if you have not seen this episode, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle station. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. That is before you spread. No, that's why the mill. The spoiler warning has been dropped and we are back to review this episode. The episode that I'm subtitling Daddy Issues, Resolving Daddy Issues. Uh, uh, guys, at a very high level, Larry, what do you think of this episode, man? I loved it. I told you when we talked the other week, when Star Trek Lower Decks does their own thing, that's when it's at its best. I mean, you still got the overall Star Trek thing because that's the universe we're in. But at the same thing, Badgie is their own creation. It's their own thing. And I I love the maniacal insanity. Oh, I, I don't even know who does the voice. I should have looked that up in my notes. I'm sorry. But I mean, it's 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 just amazing. No doubt. And I actually didn't get the spoiler. I mean the um the beats from Mr. Jones. And I'll get that right now. The beats from Mr. Jones sometimes here, sometimes like comedic. Honestly, you never know. Do you have beats for us today, sir? Yes. Who's your daddy? <laughs> <laughs> but I love you, Maggie. But I love you. Friend. Can't do a Eugene Cadero voice. I try. <laughs> so high level for me, while I agree with everything Larry just said, Badgie is so freaking irritating to me. So I don't like it from the perspective of the character. I just don't like the character. But I agree with everything you said. It was original. It is true to just Lower Decks. But I remember from the first time we saw Badgie, that was one of the episodes that really irritated me. He irritates me again. So I agree with Larry in the sense of saying that, like he said, we keep saying that when they build up on their own lore, it makes it a better episode. This was episode, not only we got to see a more muted Mariner, you know, as she's been in the past few episodes, but also Boimler was very much reserved in this episode. That said, when we talk about all of the three AI or computer sentient AI that were in this episode, that's all stuff that took place within Lower Decks that we're coming back to to kind of wrap the story up. I don't know if we're wrapping it up on them, but we're, we're circling back to give more story about these AI characters. And, you know, I even like the peanut hamper episode from last season that had nothing to do with anything else almost to the very end. I thought it was still a good episode. So building so much lore on these characters and their connected person on the Cerritos crew, uh, which you have Rutherford, Tindy, and also Boimler kind of connected to these AI. So, you know, building on the canon, I thought it was a real fun episode. It's always good to see Badgie go ham and have a little inner conflict. Inner conflict. I want to ask you guys a question real quick. Do you guys think that in this particular case, did the A plot and the B plot mesh well together? Or did it feel like it was two separate stories that just kind of didn't gel well? I kind of thought it went together well because the theme was everybody was dealing with, as um, Clarence just said, crazy AI, you know, on some level. Mm. And you know what? I will say this too. This is a show that you're supposed to laugh your rear end off. It's it's supposed to be a little crude at times, but I swear they had some pretty good 
things in there, just like you know, and we'll we'll get to it. But I I, I like the the growth we're seeing from the crew, like they are growing yes. in these characters. I love the fact that with Badgie and the other AIs, they could have went your typical way where they're all evil, and somehow we find a way to outsmart them. But they went a totally different way. Mm, good point. I agree with everything Larry said. It's 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 almost refreshing the ca- the direction they went with these characters. And talk about Badgie in particular. I mean, Rutherford is getting reconnected with Badgie. He thought Badgie was dead, <laughs> and Badgie somehow survived. Now I do love when he when his little um, head thing that Shaq's tore out of <laughs> Rutherford's head. <laughs> uh, I like how it did like the the Borg thing, kind of like yeah. whipped these tendrils and and got on the. Uh, that alien there, but yeah, I, I, I the Drupmani alien, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm loving how we're coming back to these characters. And the thing they did with Badge in this episode that I really love is if you want to look at the way Kirk kind of, and to me, Kirk is like the prime example of someone who can dismantle an AI because we've seen him do it so many times. But you see Rutherford take these approaches, and each approach he takes. Now the hugging was different; the hugging was new. But each approach that he takes, the personalities kind of pull away. And I thought that was kind of a unique thing to have in Star Trek. I, I've never really noticed anything quite like that before. And, you know, I got to tip my hat for something pretty original there. Good point. I thought, like like I said, what I really loved on that is where Badgie starts breaking into these different individual Badgies. Gigi. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and lodging and you know that was silly and it was fun but i love the fact you know where badgie is just like i'm gonna destroy everything i'm gonna destroy everything and then he goes but why yeah why but why and it's like you you always hope that we especially in the world today more than ever that you'll get to that point to go i want to fight you i want to fight you i want but why yeah when does it end you know, as we can think to some very real world examples right now, like when does it end? Yeah. It's been going on forever. Because you know. if you look at it from, you know, you're talking about real world right now, everything is AI, AI, AI in the conversation that everybody's having right now. And you've got this AI and this comedy cartoon that evolves to the point of saying, okay, so why? It is it's cool to see them come back around, come back around, like you guys are saying. That's we've definitely seen so many cases, Terminator or whatever you want to go to, of the AI just going rogue and staying rogue and never really evolving past that. But this one descends into God Godhood a little bit. So. Oh, and what about um what's Jeffrey Combs's robot? Um, I forget the name of the character. Now his uh, computer AI. The one that was trying to trick uh, Boimler and Tendi, Agamus again. I love that too, where he says, "Yeah, we could have <laughs> just been mean. I could have just been evil, and they tricked me and they put him back in there." But he said, "Wow, I want to do something different. When I get out, I want to hang out with you, Peanut Hamper, and the romance you never thought you needed." <laughs> Peanut Hamper turned over, and I'm glad they didn't make it a joke in the sense I know it's a joke show. But yeah. that they really did turn over new leaves. Yeah, indeed. Let me pick up a few comments real quick here. Harry Henderson says hello. Hello, Harry. Marge is here. Hello, Marge. Thank you for being here. Just showing a face in the place. I also have Mary Kay in the house. 
Thank you all for joining in. But yeah, man, I, I just think it was well a great way of building upon their own lore. And every single one of them, every single one of them came to this realization themselves for the most part that kill, kill, destroy <laughs> is not really the best option. And even with Agamemnon, I mean, I really didn't expect him to turn. But the way he turned because his friend, he said, I'm just doing this because I thought this is what you like to do, you know, speaking of peanut hamper. But yeah, the way they turned that around, I just never expected them to do that. And just the idea of going back to Daystrom and them having this AI rehabilitation group, you know, they're all in, in their circle. I thought it was such a great idea to have have them do. And I thought it was really fun. I love I love the fact that they're playing basketball and there's basketballs and the computers are just sitting on the like nobody's playing. I didn't see it's, the basketball. You didn't see the basketball? No. Play? Yeah. And the balls are there and they're just all the computers are just sitting there. It's like nothing going on. They show them lifting weight and one's got a some weights on top of it. <laughs> and the, the other computer just standing. And it's just so funny how they're trying to convey a prison yard situation with a bunch of AI computers. Hey, well done. Well done. Uh, I didn't quite see Agamus doing the wireless extension or whatever he called it, where he has a little drones. And apparently he can still get information from the outside. Hence seeing the additional attack that we saw um, from the binars in this episode. Now, I do have oh. I do have a huge question about that because I kind of think the binars might be part of the conspiracy because weren't mm. didn't they pretty much go right up to the alien ship before it turned and kind of fired on them? And mm -hmm. we know that the binars are they are a race that usually goes in and fix ships' computers. So I'm wondering if they are somehow tied into it. I could be totally off here, but I kind of got that suspicion just just a little bit in this episode. And I oh. think that that might be the first appearance of them since like the first or second season. Well, we did get them in Enterprise, I believe. Did we? I think, think so. I, I think you're right. But OK, so so let me push back on your theory, Clarence. If they were a part of what's going on. Why then were they destroyed? Well, we learned they're not being destroyed, but good good point. I mean, they could have mm, been somebody good. who set off an AI that started going wrong and they're trying to fix it, maybe. I don't mm. know. Good point. Good point. And you're True. right. They they did discover that they're not being quote unquote destroyed. <laughs> Marge is saying she went back and watched that TG episode. All I remember about that episode is Riker being in the holodeck, like talking to the um I forgot the 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 AI or the the hologram's name, but he was talking to the hologram female the whole time. Because wasn't wasn't the hologram like he was falling in love with her or something? I can't remember quite remember, but yeah. Oh, somebody's watching Deep Space Nine. I'm in season six of Deep Space Nine right now. Oh, and good loving, stuff. Loving Jeffrey Combs as well. Jeffrey Combs is good in anything that man does. Indeed, indeed. Um, thoughts. On the Boimler Tendi Agamus outing. So they actually went out into the field. And I for the longest, I like, they're just in a holodeck. They're just yes, in a holodeck. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, you I got those thought, vibes too. I thought so too. Yes. Yeah. So the fact that they were really outside of, you know, Daystrom really surprised me on 100%. I thought they were going to say they're in a holodeck and that's all that's going on. But interesting to see Boimler kind of take this. 
um, n- kind of nonchalant approach about the whole thing. You know, he was he was letting Agamus, you know, talk and do his thing, let him capture him. But Boimler, he kind of grew up a little bit in this episode from the sense of he didn't let this thing irritate him to the point he had to do something crazy. He was just very reserved, like, okay, do your thing, Agamus. We'll figure it out. And that was a very, I've never seen Boimler act like that, that I can remember. So he's done it a couple, like one other time, really. This was beautiful. This is what I'm talking about the growth, man. I get it's a comedy show, but sometimes you don't want to see the same thing play over and over. And Boimler in this one's like, hey, I know what's going on. I know what he's going to try to do, and I'm ready for it. Mm. You know, he yeah. was just cool and come. And I love that they switched up having, you know, Tendy and Boimler together. I like the fact that they're switching up. It's not always yes. um, Mariner and them. and Because Ru- sometimes Rutherford and Tendy become the B story to whatever, Bar- yeah. you know, Mariner and Boimler are doing. Well, and also on top of that, you put two characters together every single episode, regardless of which two it is, you lose out storyline potential. You lose out the ability right. for character growth because they're, if you play off the same other character every episode, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, getting back to uh, Badgie is now God thing. And I love that they did the whole warp nine point nine thing because I think they're trying to play up on the 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 um, the Voyager episode when they of become course. salamanders. <laughs> so I thought that was a good a good nod there. But Badgie has become God, and I'm tired of them always using the subspace relays. They need to put some hardened security on this thing because I think this is we had something like that happen in the Strange New World season of them using the subspace, real, subspace relays for the whole subspace Rhapsody episode. I'm like, y'all need to tighten up that security just a little bit because this is like a hole that keeps being exploited. And wasn't it subspace that in Discovery did the burn thing? Wasn't it? Yes. Uh, I, I think am you're I right. right. Maybe. Yeah. It, it resonated, I think, across subspace. Uh, I subspace. believe that's what happened. Yeah. Okay, Clarence, I'm pushing back on that <laughs> because it would not be, sir... You have watched this long enough. It would not be Star Trek if our computer systems were not easily hacked. <sighs> it yeah. just wouldn't be. <laughs> it's like, oh, we have the, the most advanced tech. Dude, y'all get hacked every week <laughs> on some Star <laughs> Trek show. Some virus somehow, some way gets into the ship. Okay, I know this is so a dead joke, a dad joke, but... This is Lower Decks. They need to do a fishing, uh, you know, fishing attack where it's aliens that look like fishes that are attacking oh God. Uh, th- their that, systems. That is, that is prime for Lower Decks. Yes. Prime for, <laughs> or are your short, your very short tricks. One of yes, them. Agreed. <laughs> it's kind of like, um, you know, we always make the joke about the admirals and everything going crazy, but that is a thing. And start. And I don't care if it was in Kirk's time. I don't care if it was in any generation. That computer has been taken over by. Um, remember M five? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, it was something like that. But I, it wouldn't be Star Trek without something getting hacked. Indeed. Pick up a few comments here. When Grace is saying, 
Hmm, that might track. The Ferengi approach is shipped for profit and the Binars approach trying to fix the malfunctioning AI. So someone is is in there feeding inf- in their feeding information? Uh maybe, maybe. And also Taj mentions what we shall not speak about that we spoke of in this episode. We never mm-hmm. talk about the burn. <laughs> Until we do. But. You even said it, sir. I said it. I said it. Blame okay me. It was, my, it. it was my fault. Yeah, we got the koala again in this episode. We did see. I think the koala is God. And mm. what's the name of Cinder? Remember he said he'd go hang out with the Q? He did. He did say that. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I thought that was pretty, pretty <laughs> amazing. Uh, any other takeaways you guys want to bring up in the chat or on the panel they want to bring up in this episode it was a pretty straightforward episode but there was there were so many good nuggets in the minute to minute that I, I still really really enjoy what was going on the whole idea of this penal colony on daystrom where they're rehabilitating these ais to to badger coming back and wreaking havoc on the cerritos and, you know, Rutherford had a chance to kind of make amends for something he created. Uh, was it he, that he said, I created you for a project, but you should have been more like a son or something he said to that effect. Right. I, I thought it was very touching. Oh, and, and, and for the record, we know that Peanut Hamper's dad's name is Kevin. <laughs> Mr. Hamper, huh? No, it's Kevin. <laughs> now, Kevin. is that T... <laughs> R6A or 7A, is that the same space station that we originally saw? The um, Exocomps? Yeah. yeah. yeah that I was pretty cool. It is. That is very cool. Plus, the uh, Exocomps, I think, um, the, that was, we it, we made a joke with Peanut Hamper, but man, that was a deep episode right there. Do you take away something that sentience free will? You you remember the episode? Yeah, okay. that's a big one. Yeah, because I think it was Data that discovered that it was doing some things that weren't just you know command straight up commands. It was using intuition and all this other type of stuff. So yeah, definitely a great episode. The conspiracy. The conspiracy. What, what's our what's, what's our uh, our um, speculation now? Man, I really have no idea at this point. I mean, again, I said it might be the bar- binars. I said that just because we saw them in this episode, it seemed like it could make sense. But, man, it could be anything at this point. I don't think we've gotten enough. Now, we did learn from Agamus that they were not destroying these ships. They mm-hmm. were simply um, salvaging them or taking them away, stealing them, so to mm-hmm. speak. So uh, it could be anything. It really could be anything. Any thoughts on that, Cal? Mm. No, this this episode didn't give me anything other than just another appearance of the ship. I don't... I like you said, Clarence. I think it could be anything at this point. Well, they better come for real. They better not do the the B word thing. And they're all <laughs> hyped up and like, well, what's with the little ship? And it better not be something stupid. Either. It's all part yeah. of the freeze. It needs, <laughs> it needs to be a legitimate threat. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Within totally a comedy agree. show. Mm. Yeah. You know, I think my favorite moment of the episode is when we first see Badgie and he's like, hi, father, prepare to die. That 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 was great. That was great, man. Man, Badgie, Badgie is so cool. I love that maniacal energy mm-hmm. that they have because it's just like we've all seen that cartoon character and we're just like it creeps you out because it's so 
over the top bubbly and happy and you're just like so which would you trust more a maniacal evil ai or a expressly overly happy ai (laughs) neither that's what i'm saying because the other version that they kept around i'm i'm kind of like the way they were at the end i don't trust that one either hey we're gonna give goody a pass he is going to, you know, Rutherford actually put him, I don't know if he integrated him with that shuttle. I think that's going to come back to Hannes later. But he integrated him with the shuttle for his um, grapple thing, thing mm-hmm. so it could be more accurate. So um, yeah. that might come back. I just wanted to point out, speaking of Jeffrey Combs, his voice work, we know how amazing he is. That's a mm-hmm. given. But his voice work, I love it when he says, and they don't know Tindy. Or when he's talking to Peanut Emperor, I've been able to do this. And he goes, uh, and all of a sudden, his light turns blue. Oh, yeah. I laughed <laughs> my rear end off at that. Yeah. The, that the, was so good. The fact that they were trying to trick everybody, which they did an excellent job, by the way. Boimler wasn't having any of it, but... They seem to pretty much trick everybody else. And I thought that was fun, too, to see them. Yeah, Bartlett thought about it for a second. He goes, mm, that is, n- nah, nah, I'm not falling for it. So Marge makes a good comment, and Tasha mentions, and I remember this being brought up in her chat um, this past, we might have been a couple of weeks ago, that the mystery ship might be related to the William Boimler, um, the Boimler double, that actually is part of section 31 that we saw at the beginning of the that season. Is true. That is true. They're thinking that it could have something to do with him. Now it would make sense for them to come back around and, you know, reintroduce him later after not really giving us anything else after the beginning of the season. So maybe it does have something to do with William. That's definitely a, a great guess. Look what Wingrace said. Let's see here from Wingrace. The fact that they're keeping the final episode titles hidden must mean something. And he also says that those grapplers are 100% going to be vital. Yeah, they spend a lot of time uh, on them. I, I agree. Because mm-hmm. even in the, in the uh, what was it, Strange New Worlds episode, they talked about the grapplers. Did they? Now, yes. When he says uh, he was going all crazy because the ship had grapplers. And then um, uh, Laon said, I love grapplers. And he said, see? Hmm. Hmm. Okay, I don't know where that's going, but so, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So when Grace is on the something, that's it. <laughs> and, and, and Tasha agrees with with you both. Like, yeah, we keep hearing about them. Um, and Tasha also mentioned that the packlets packlets came up in her chat as well. If it's the packlets, I'm going to be disappointed. Anybody yeah, but the packlets. Yeah, we already did them. Yeah, I'm I'm tired of those guys. I don't want to see them anymore. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. All right. And with that, guys, let's go ahead and get ratings for the episode. I'll extend it out to the chat. How would you rate this episode? Please drop it in the chat. Or if you're listening after the fact, please send in feedback or email to feedback at DiscussingTrek.com or hit us up at DiscussingTrek on any and all social medias. We can hear what you guys think about this episode. And I think I'll go first on this one. I give this episode, speaking of grapplers, I'll give this episode four grapplers out of five. What about you guys? Mm. Larry, go for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to say on this one, I'm going to give it 4.4 grapplers out of five. I really enjoyed it. It wasn't perfect, but I really 
had fun. And that's the big thing. Nice. I really didn't enjoy this episode, but you guys helped raise it up a little bit. So I'm going to give it 3.75 blue lights out of five. (laughs) (laughs) You sure it's not red? You sure it's not red? It was originally (laughs) 2.5 red lights out of five, but you guys did raise me up to 3.75 blue lights. Can I ask a question here? Yes, sir. What you and, got? And this goes to anybody in chat. I have this for you. Can you name an old cult classic movie that Jeffrey Combs was in? It's probably one of the first movies anybody ever saw him in. And it is like a straight up B, maybe C movie. Mm. Does anybody know what it is? Wow. So Larry with horror, the trick trivia. Corny, corny horror classic. Starring Jeffrey Combs. Starring Jeffrey Combs. Mm. He was the co-lead. While the chat comes up with those answers, if anyone has answers, we may have to save it for the next week. Or Larry, unless you want to give it now. But let me, let me go ahead Grace and give you... got it. Really? I've never mm-hmm. heard of that movie. What is the it? Re- it is uh-huh. the corniest thing Reanimator. you have ever seen. Reanimator. The Jeffrey Combs is the doctor oh, I who comes that. up with the serum. I've never heard of this. There was something before that called Frightmare that he was in. Is this the 1985 movie? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, that might be my weekend viewing. You might have been like five years old when that movie came out, Clarence. Yeah, I've I've literally never heard of this movie. But it does seem pretty um, (laughs) low budget. (laughs) Oh, to say the least. But Jeffrey Combs, even in that, that was my first Jeffrey Combs experience. Oh, wow. Reanimator. And he was, uh, there is, believe it or not, in 2003, there's Beyond Reanimator. Oh, God. Did he come back for that? Evidently so. Yeah, he's playing the same character. Hey, you got to get your start somewhere, man. You got to start somewhere. I always loved, he was on the 4400, uh, played a guy with amnesia who was a genius and they gave him his his uh, memories back. I mean, Jeffrey Holmes, he's a Combs, he's a legend to me, just personally. Indeed. Let's pick up a few of these ratings for the from the chat real quick. Tasha give this a four out of five transcendent beings. While Mars <laughs> gives this four point five out of five badgies. Wingrace gives this four point one five digis out of five digis. Um digis. I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> but good, good one, Win Grace. Four point one five out of five for him. Good jeez, good jeez, yeah. Um, good jeez, yeah. We do miss the trick tributes from John. Maybe I can get him on the episode coming up here. We do miss him. So we glad did. for you to stepping in the gap with the trick trivia, Larry. That just hit my head. I was like, I wonder if anybody else has seen that. Like, I'm shocked Kyle hadn't seen it. Win Grace, mm. I'm not surprised. Wow, there was a recent. Co- okay, oh, okay, we're gonna wrap things up but when gray says there was a recent comic series of reanimator versus the army of darkness interesting (laughs) oh i need to see that and with that guys we will wrap up please make sure you subscribe on whatever podcasting or video platform you may be watching or listening on we really appreciate that and you get the videos as soon as they come out and we go live like this you are sure to get a notification and also, if you want to support the channel, you can support us by going to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash discussing network. We have different levels. So uh, if you want to drop us 
a, a coffee or two or just a dime, you can you can do it there. We really appreciate that. Thank you all for joining. And until next time, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. been listening to the discussing network find out more at discussingnetwork.com